place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where the no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspot's Comics Town Surrounding us, travel 2,000 kilometers to hang out with us. What's up, danger? And away we go. Hello, comic book lovers. Welcome to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 195, where we recommend and lovingly review the best of the new comic books that just came out. New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, February 6th. And this particular podcast swings in once a week. Zip, zap, zap. <laughs> I am joined by my sidekick, co host. Ian Yarrington. How's it going, Ian? Hey, how's it going, man? Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you. It's going well, man. Thanks for joining again. Yeah, lovely. Lovely to be here, sir. We missed you last week. I know. It's uh, crazy up here in the Northwest, man. We got like we got like over a uh, half inch of snow, which is pretty much, you know, stopped the whole world. <laughs> well, don't go outside, okay? I know it's like uh, it's death cold out there. Just, just don't bother. Stay inside. <laughs> yeah, it's a fridge outside. <laughs> and over here in California, it's like, man, it's hitting like 50 and 40 degrees, you know, so it's like Armageddon. It's yeah. like the apocalypse. <laughs> we have to put a scarf on. It's just crazy. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, enough about the weather. I am your friendly neighborhood host, Chris Latori. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we hope that you and yours are doing well, staying warm, <laughs> as always. <laughs> Please hit that subscribe button to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Check out all of our past podcasts on our gigantical feed. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, and YouTube, all with one name in one place, at Sunspots Comics. Easy to find us. And Ian, tell the folks, where can they find you? I am Ian D. Yarrington at Twitter, and I do comic book reviews on comicbook.com. Uh, I think I'm going to be throwing up something on a Kickstarter called uh, Spirit De- Destiny. Uh, pretty soon. Spirits of Destiny? Spirits Destiny. Oh, okay. I like that. I like the name of it. I'll be checking that out for sure. Comicbooked.com And always, I love to start the show with some humble thank yous. Most importantly, of course, thank you to you, the people, the listeners, the people that uh, got the earbuds in your brains right now. Thank you for listening to the Sunspots Comics podcast. Whether this is just your first time and you're trying us out, or you're one of our Sunspots Comics loyalists, seriously, Thank you from the bottom of my heart for choosing the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Because, right, Ian, there's only, you know, 4.7 billion podcasts to listen to, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a small handful. <laughs> right, a small thanks handful. Thanks for choosing this one. All, all the hands, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and thank you to my friend Nick Papa George for singing our fantastic Sunspots Comics theme song. It's always in my brain, 24 hours a day. Please check out his solo singing stuff on Facebook.com slash and his band Solution at Facebook.com slash Solution Reggae. If you love reggae music, island music, rock music, just music that'll make you feel good, you're going to love the sounds of my friend Nick Papa George and his band Solution. So thank you very much, Nick. And also thank you to our sponsor, Pop-Up Tea. Check out their giant selection of nerdy t-shirts you can buy over at popuptea.com. I mean, they have got it all and then some. Right, Ian? Yeah, definitely, man. They got page after page of cool t-shirts, man. Right, it's easy to get stuck in multiple page land. You you nailed it. (laughs) But most importantly, go to popuptea.com and use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll get 25% off of any shirt order, even the like $8, $9, $10 clearance stuff. So check them out and thank you to popuptea.com. PopUpTea.com. Now, let's make a pavement-crushing superhero landing. <laughs> ow, ow. Let me rub that. <laughs> <laughs> I always have a Man of Steel in my mind whenever you say that. Right? I had just about every movie in mind when I say superhero landing. Right? No, I just I see your face gift over uh, 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 Cavills, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so you just land in there like, pow! Right. And then I always think of Family Guy when he when he hurts when he falls down and he's ah he's always, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about anyway Oof, um, ah, ah so anyway <laughs> right into the Sunspots Comics podcast issue number one ninety five as we start out with some stuff 
That's floating up inside of our nerdy brains. The first nugget of nerd lodged ever so deeply in our nerdy frontal lobes is a quick interview I'm going to share right now with you with comic book creator Steve Niles. You've heard of Steve, right, Ian? Yeah, yeah. Steve, uh, didn't he do the Frankenstein Alive Alive? Which, yes. Uh, yeah, with Bernie. He uh, sure did. Past. That is correct, sir. You win. Ring the bell. <laughs> you win the prize. Tell him what he's won. <laughs> um, but I had the pleasure of meeting Steve Niles recently at the Pasadena Comic Convention and Toy Show. Super fun. And please follow Steve, by the way, at Steve Niles on everything. It's just his name, Steve Niles, N-I-L-E-S. And yes, check out Frankenstein Alive Alive. It's a four-issue small series written by Steve Niles and the art... Fantastic, phenomenal, monstery, dark, shadowy, noir kind of art from the legend Bernie Wrightson. You love his stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, who doesn't, man? Yeah. Uh, I think for if it wasn't for him, Swamp Thing wouldn't even be a thing. <laughs> so, Yeah, you're exactly right. And it's just, his art is gorgeous. This was actually his last work of art before he passed away. Uh, so, um, so thank you, Mr. Steve Niles. I'm going to run it now. Thank you again and enjoy this. It's just a nice little interview, little chit chat with me and Steve Niles. I am standing here at the Pasadena convention and toy show, comic book convention and toy show with comic book creator, Steve Niles. How you doing, Steve? Doing great. Man, this is a cool little show. Like, what do you think of this so far? It's really nice. I, I you know, I wasn't expecting this many people. So it's really nice turnout. It's got a plethora of things and all the creators, the comic book creators. I'm just like surprised. But you were one of my on the top of the list to come see. I, I managed to pick up your Frankenstein Alive Alive, the uh, first three issues that with you and Bernie Wrightson. What was it like working with Bernie on his last, you know, few days, his last hurrah? Oh, uh, you know, I mean, obviously it was really sad, but it was really great. I mean, just, you know, even aside from just working with him, just being his friend, you know, and then being able to work with him on top of that. You know, it was just it was just icing on the cake. What was a like a typical day of you and Bernie in the office working on Frankenstein Alive Alive? Like, what was a what was a check the punch the clock and then how did it go? What was the process? It was all us every Friday night. We'd get together and play Scrabble, and we'd have beer and pizza, and we would just talk through stories. We would talk to them, and whatever scared us or made us laugh or whatever would wind up on page. What a tough day at the office, right there. <laughs> yeah, it was really tough. <laughs> So you wrapped up and did how many total issues for Frankenstein Alive Alive? I grabbed the first three. What wraps up the series? Um, there's four. Uh, when Bernie retired, when he realized he wasn't going to be able to work anymore, he chose Kelly Jones to finish it. So Kelly finished the series for us. So it's, it's actually complete. What a fitting artist. Like Kelly Jones' style just matches with Bernie White Wrightson. Like it, that seems to fit really well. Yeah, well, Bernie picked him, handpicked him, you know, because he knew he wasn't going to be able to finish. So he said Kelly Jones. And you're right now working on October Faction, and uh, you just kind of told me some news, some kind of breaking news about it. How's October Faction going? Well, October Faction is now going to be a Netflix series, um, 10 episodes. I'm, they, don't, they haven't done a release date, but I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards it's going to be October. And the comic itself, where is it uh, as far as, uh, like, how many issues are you in, and where do you see, where do you forecast it going? Um, the next trade will be the sixth trade. So we've been doing it for a while. Um, you know, just continue to follow the kids and the family and what's, what's been happening. Um, talking or thinking about, you know, syncing it up a little bit to the show. Um, but right now, uh, actually, I, I have my conversation with my editor next week. So we'll find out what's next for October Faction. Fantastic. I'll be honest. It scares the hell out of me, <laughs> October Faction. I read the first couple of issues, and, man, it's frightening stuff. Oh, good. That's the best, biggest compliment you can give. <laughs> Maybe give my listeners uh, just a quick gist of, of October Faction. What can they expect in this insane horror comic? It's about a retired monster hunter who discovers that his children are basically monsters of a kind. And they, so he has to sort of go against his own beliefs and raise his children to also be monster hunters, even though they're monsters. Oh, great premise. Conflict right there because it's the kids. Yeah. Well, that's very cool. I'm definitely going to give it another shot because uh, I usually, uh, as far as horror, I feel it's on the rise. I feel like, I mean, I, I do work for Aftershock Comics on the side, and so we have our own little titles. Yeah, you which one? Joe. Joe Pruitt. I love it. It's my boss. Hey, Joe. I've known Joe a long time. He's a great guy. 
Yes. And uh, I will dip my toes into October, October Faction, but it does scare the hell out of me. But thank you again, Steve. It's nice to meet you. Thanks for signing your uh, autograph of the first three issues of Frankenstein Alive Alive. Please, you guys, check out Frank Niles' stuff. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for, for taking the time to interview. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. All right. That was a whole bunch of fun. Thank you again, Steve. I appreciate it. And again, check out Steve Niles at Steve Niles on all the social media. And another thing that's lodged up inside of our nerdy brains really good is some comic book movie and TV news. The first is the announcement about Deadpool. Mr. Disney himself, Mr. CEO Bob Iger, said that there are no plans to keep the Deadpool down to the, le- to the PG-13 rating. He was even quoted by saying, we're going to continue in that business. That could mean almost anything. Um, And there might be room for more of that. So more R-rated comic book movies from Disney? I'll believe it when I see it, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think Deadpool's R-rating is a little... um, I don't want to say it's unearned, but it's definitely definitely not the worst... uh, Excuse me. Not the worst R movie that I've ever seen. So you'd give it like a PG-13 plus or something? Like an R minus? Yeah, I'd give it like a PG, like maybe 15 or 16. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd give it an R minus, right? It's just yeah, mostly yeah. some sexual innuendos and foul mouthery. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, maybe a little blood too, I guess. Sure, yeah, true. He gets ripped in half and stuff by Juggernaut. Um, but I, I feel this is really good news ultimately because I think that one thing that has to remain constant in this world is letting Ryan Reynolds, letting his freak flag fly with Deadpool, Right. Yeah, I mean, he he embodies the character from every aspect I can think of. I mean, he, he is Deadpool to me. Yeah, That's why no, I he's, can't see he's the Deadpool. Pikachu movie, you know? Yeah, and I think a bad why thing would Deadpool... be to hinder his creativity in that area, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know what? And this is what I think Bob Iger's thinking is, why do you mess with something that makes a ton of money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm glad he made the right decision and not, uh, you know, he made the right decision with his pocketbook and not like his, uh, you know, with his mind. Right or, or his beliefs, etc. He just was like, "Hey, it made all the money. Uh, let's keep making all the money." Yeah, and it's popular. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't popular, I guess uh, maybe something else. Know, if it wasn't popular, didn't make money. He'd probably rethink it. Yeah, he did mention. Mister Iger did say that he he would maybe have to carefully br- like brand or rebrand it, or careful branding. He said actually uh, about Deadpool. I I I feel okay with that. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't have any reason to not trust Disney and Marvel Studios. I mean, why why would you even doubt them at this point? Like, I just, go ahead, guys, do what you're going to do, because I'm, I'm going to show up, for one. But for two, I don't think I've seen a bad Marvel movie yet. Right, knock on wood, hope it never happens. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe Iron Man 2. But anyway. <laughs> um. <laughs> Iron Man 2, I felt, yeah, maybe bad as in it was just the first movie rebranded. Yeah, sure, yeah. but I done well. I, I enjoyed it, you know. Yeah, I still watch it. They have all our money. I, 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 you know, they're going to continue to get all of my money. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, me too. So. <laughs> I don't know who I'm trying to fool. I'm, I'm going. Exactly. We are. But uh, Deadpool, we love you. I'm just so happy that I mean, I love the the raunchy comic book flavor uh, that is Ryan Reynolds doing his thing uh, that he's established with Deadpool. So just don't go messing with that, right? Leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. leave it alone. So that is a bit of good news about the pool of dead. And yeah. uh, <laughs> the next bit of comic book movie news is the Aquaman sequel. You and I were just talking about this. Pretty crazy. Um, Hollywood Reporter broke the news that an Aquaman spinoff movie is happening. And it's going to be called The Trench. And get this. The entire cast of Aquaman is not in it. <laughs> Nobody. Zero. Zero point zero. Um, it's produced by James Wan. It's, uh, it's in the writing phase at this point, and Warner Brothers is actually going to use two relatively unknown-ish new writers, Noah Gardner and Aiden Fitzgerald. But I did see uh, that they were both assistants at Bad Robot with J.J. Abrams, so that sounds promising. And it's going to be horror-themed, and James Wan is at the helm. James knows horror, like with The Conjuring. So what did you think of this news? Uh, I'm kind of mixed because, uh, I think for me, James Wong gets a pass for his next movie, um, or at least his next superhero movie. Yeah. I'll watch anything he does at this point. I think he's an amazing director and, uh, 
he's got a pass, but I'm definitely weary of DC and Warner Brothers. They, uh, you know, what happened to Nightwing and Batgirl and like all these movies, they just keep announcing and announcing and announcing. I, uh, I don't think they have, I think they need a, a Kevin Feige that holds the ship down and kind of guides them. Sure. That ties the boats you know? together at least. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because <laughs> they just don't have a direction. I don't think and it, that worries me, mm-hmm. but, uh, the fact of James Wan and the fact that it's more horror based sounds pretty awesome to me. Yeah. I'm all in. I mean, he could, but he, you're, you said it perfectly. He gets a pass. It doesn't matter what, it, if he did Aquaman two and it's just called water and all it was, was two hours of just looking at water. I think I'd still probably buy it and go to the theater. <laughs> he gets a pass yeah, no matter what yeah, it is. Seriously. I mean, <laughs> the way that he made, the way that he made Aquaman look, I, I think and when people were like, oh, my God, there's no trailer. There's no trailer. What are we going to do? I was like, you know, <laughs> settle down. This is one of the most ambitious CG movies ever made. Yeah. Like, just calm down. And when he said, came out and said, you don't have a trailer because the CG wasn't right, I, I went ahead and believed him at his word. And look at what we got, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I had the pleasure of meeting him once at a con a long time ago. And uh I definitely got the just the feeling of confidence like he knows what he's doing and he just uh, loves the medium so much and he enjoys every day of his job and yeah I I uh I drank the we, you and I both drank the James Wan blue Kool-Aid right we're, we're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the crystal clear delicious yes and we'll yeah. pay for uh Aquaman 3 coral you know what I mean it's just coral yeah. and you look at coral for 2 hours I, I'm still going to buy a ticket for that i think (laughs) but anyway the trench uh interesting we're gonna see those trench monsters that's cool with a whole new cast it does say it's a little lower budget so interesting i think it'll still do well it'll be a hit i think it's a faster way to get more aquaman to us quickly uh so sure i'm down (laughs) you yeah give it a shot let's do it let's do it jake thank you james wan for uh keeping the thing going that is aquaman And uh, last is some news on the TV side of comic books. Uh, The announcement recently that Why the Last Man, the most one of the most beloved comics of all time, is to be a series in 2020 on Fox. And this comic book that I absolutely adore and love, which I highly recommend, by the way, if you haven't read Why the Last Man, uh, go get it. It's been reprinted a zillion times in 4,700 languages. Um, It's created by Brian K. Vaughn, who's one of my favorite comic book creators of all time. And uh, Why the Last Man has showrunner Michael Green, and he did the TV show American Gods. Uh, he even uh, movies Logan and Blade Runner 2049, so he's uh, no slouch, right? And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. and starring Barry, that's me. Yeah, and starring Barry Keegan, I guess is his name, and Diane Lane. I'm not familiar with that particular actor, uh, but. Um, it's it's set in this comic book came out in 2002, which is crazy uh, about the escape artist. Yorick Brown is the last human on Earth with the Y chromosome and his capuchin companion. And it's just a complicated quest for survival. I absolutely love why the last man. Uh, are you in that camp as well? Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite comics of all time. Me too. It, it's it. I know it's been it's had some difficulties kind of. You know, actually becoming something other than the comic since... I mean, can you believe it? It's 2002. I think it ended, though. It had, like, a... I want to say a five-year run. And so, probably 2007, 2008 was when it was done. Yeah, I think 2008. Yeah. That that sounds about right. I remember exactly reading the very last issue. No spoilers, of course. But, you know, one one of the most amazing endings to a comic book of all time. Agree? Oh, yeah. 100%. I think... in I... Off the top of my head, definitely the best ending in comic books, period. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, man. And and so glad that it's out of that sort of area of we're not sure what we're going to do with this franchise or where it's going to go. It sounds like it's a hard line. It's ready to go. Fox has greenlit the whole thing. 2020. I just uh, I hope they do it right. Like I said, I hold this, this comic book, Why the Last Man, in very high regard. So it sounds like they got uh, some great people there lining up to really do the do it hopefully do the comic book justice but uh, i'm super excited i can't wait to see why the last man i hope they in my in my mind's eye i see it as them actually sort of taking panels and they're like comparison side by side wouldn't that be cool yeah but i i kind of am leery of that because if you look at a lot of the stuff out right now 
especially like uh, Walking Dead and uh, or even like the one that this guy is show running, um, American Gods. If you look at that, uh, well, I didn't read the American Gods like uh, prose book, but I, I've been reading the comic book, and uh, it's definitely not step by step. But it, it, it at least, and I'll say this probably for both Walking Dead and uh, American Gods, it at least captures the feel of what it should feel like. Yes. So the little things that they do change, I think they change it a little bit for the better in some cases, maybe not so much in others, but the feel is there. And that's what I really, really need them to get correct is the feel of this book. Yeah. Because uh, to me, that's everything. And as long as they get Yurik and uh, Agent 355 and uh, Dr. Man, as long as they get those three characters, maybe Hero too, um, as oh, long as yeah. they get those characters down, I think, I think I'll be happy. Yeah, Hero's a big one. They got to get Hero right. But I think yeah. I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. It's about the feel of it right and, and overall how how it captures the essence. But I, yeah. I love that little bit. It's like It's like whipped cream cherry and and sprinkles on top when they when they pay homage or pay respect to the visual imagery of a comic book i mean it doesn't have to be all yeah. all the time i know what you mean it can it can go to, to like be disastrously bad by paying too much attention to that but man when you see that right and it and it, it reminds you of the five years we spent looking at a, a comic book and it, and it yeah, does a little, yeah. gives you a little ding every now and then. It's like, yes, right? Yeah, I feel like they need to pick the few, like go through and pick some really, really, um, you know, panels that just hit home. That's what they did with The Walking Dead. Like the very beginning of Walking Dead when Rick's uh, riding the horse into town. Yeah. Um, you know, that panel from The Walking Dead, I remember. And uh, I can't think off the top of my head about uh, American Gods, but there's a couple of like really good scenes that really kind of made me it, it pulled in the comic book into the world of the TV show. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really it really yeah, it married the two and that's what I that's what I need. Yeah, I think too that it it can if if uh like Walking Dead and hopefully with Why the Last Man if you do get some of those little sprinkles of the uh, you know paying respects to the visual visual imagery in a comic um that inspires I think non-comic book readers to kind of go take a look, right? If it's done right. Yeah, I mean, you hope so. That's uh, you know, when you pay, when you pay homage correctly, that usually you know, it gets people like us, you know, on a on a mission, on a tangent. We just go out and find these things, and hopefully, that's what other people are doing too. Yeah, so that's why I have, uh, big hopes, big uh, man. I just hope uh, when it comes out in 2020, that is why the last man on Fox that it uh, is everything our heart desires. It's our, our dreams will come true. But that's very cool. Good news. On the side of comic books in the realm of television, I don't know if we call it that, or shows, uh, Why the Last Man 2020 on Fox. Cannot wait. Can't wait. And the last thing floating around inside of our nerd brains is I'm actually uh, making my very own comic book. It's called Zombie Destroyers. I created Zombie Destroyers. I do the writing on it and the lettering. And the art is by Jordan Hudson at Skablad, S-K-A-B-L-A-D-D. And colors by Caroline Nolasco at Carol N Art. Just wanted to mention them and go check out their social media. And to get a glimpse of what my comic book Zombie Destroyers looks like, just head over to sunspotscomics.com and click on Zombie Destroyers. And you will see three glorious colored sample pages there for you to put your eyes on. So that's sunspotscomics.com, Zombie Destroyers. And next is a quick mention of our segment called Spotlighting. Spotlighting is the interview part of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where we share some great conversations with comic book creators. Please check out the newest Spotlighting interview that's on our Sunspots Comics Podcast feed right now. It's a conversation I had with comic book creator, writer, artist, Daniel Warren Johnson. Man, what'd you think of that, Ian? Mr. Daniel Warren Johnson on the show. Man, jealousy. Jealousy is just (laughs) brimming. (laughs) He was a huge get, man. I was so just honored that he would come on to the show. And uh, he created and wrote and did the art for two of pretty much two of my favorite comic books of all time. I'll say that. Extremity and Murder Falcon from Image Skybound Comics. Which, by the way, you and I have picked numerous times as top picks, uh, especially Murder Falcon, on numerous occasions. Uh, which, oh, yeah. very worthy, right? Oh, yeah. But we yeah, talk about... Yeah, we talk about Daniel Warren Johnson's, uh, how he got into the comic book business, uh, his process of making comic books, and just so much more. So I'm very super proud of it. I'm a huge fan of all of his work. 
Uh, he's an amazing comic book creator, creator that I, I highly respect. Um, and plus, I pl- even played two of his metal-shredding guitar tracks on the intro and outro of the of the Daniel Warren Johnson Spotlighting Podcast. So check that out. He's an amazing guitarist. Um, and so please, uh, go check it out. It just says Daniel Warren Johnson on our Sunspots Comics Podcast feed. And also, I have a little announcement, Ian. Uh, I haven't really told you this yet. Are you ready for a little surprise, a little spotlighting, special spotlighting announcement? Oh, hit me. What's going on? Here we go. I will have the pleasure of speaking to comic book creator, writer, David Popose. He, uh, him and I will be discussing his comic book that I adore, by the way. It's called Spencer and Locke. You've read that as well, right? Yes. Yes, sir. It's so lovely. It's, uh, basically, it's a, it's a what if Calvin and Hobbes grew up in Frank Miller's Sin City. That, is that a decent way to like describe it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I would, I would get on board with that. Yes, well, get on board. I'll be interviewing him next week on the 13th, I believe, and I'll be sharing our talk. That's with Mr. David Popos, comic book creator of Spencer and Locke, uh, very, very soon on a future Sunspots Comics podcast. So please tune in for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And there are more interviews uh, coming, and there's already a bunch of spotlighting interviews that are on the feed. So just go check it out. And if you yourself, uh, you work in the comic book industry, and you're, or maybe you're just trying to break into the comic book industry like myself, let's have a fun chat right here on a future podcast. I will happily help you promote your comic book. The only little qualifier, of course, is I have to genuinely enjoy your comic book to promote it. Uh, but that said, just send me a message and a review copy of your comic book to my email, chris at sunspotscomics.com, or message me at sunspotscomics so we can set that up. So that is spotlighting. So now, on to the heart and soul, the centerpiece, the main event. Are you ready, Ian? I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Of the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is our comic book recommendations. We are about to share with you our favorite picks of the new comic books that just came out. New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, February 6th. And just in case, here's your uh, super duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alert. Uh, but seriously, we don't go too far into anything. We kind of keep it you know, casual so that we don't spoil anything for you. And we never discuss last few pages. We just kind of go at some of the interesting stuff, a few of the key uh, plot points and uh, you know we keep it fun we just want you to go out there and buy these things yes we do and before we get into the top comics let's you and I Ian discuss and announce this week's artist winner and cover artist winner of the week every week we pick what we believe to be the best comic book art of the week you gotta put your eyeballs on these immediately you'll be so happy that you did and this week, uh, you and I, Ian, we picked the same picks this week uh, for Artist Winner and Cover Artist Winner of the Week, which is very cool. When that magically happens, we are of one mind. <laughs> <laughs> we are locked in, sir. You are my brother from a wider mother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my mother's very dark. No, just kidding. <laughs> she's, she's a medium tone. Um, anyway, this, uh, this week's Cover Artist Winner of the Week is uh, Julian Totino Tedesco of Daredevil issue number one. Follow him at his name, Julian Tatino Tedesco. Uh, let's, uh, you and I, let's discuss this glorious cover as we gaze upon its greatness. You ready? Yes, sir. I know what a cover it is. Uh, what's yeah, What's the deal with Marvel and all the Italianos? I don't know, man. I kind of noticed that, too. They got a lot of Italian dudes. Uh, like, And what's up with Italy? Like, come on, guys. You guys are just pumping out talent, man. Yeah, it's like a treasure trove, right? Seems like they've got a lot of artists uh, from there. So uh, I'm all for it, man. Bring it on. And uh, this cover is just captivating. I mean, it's you've got Daredevil in this pose with blood in his hands, kind of making a cross across his chest. You have the sort of prince when dove cry uh, sort of going on in the background, right? The fluttering of birds. (laughs) Yeah, they they look like doves, but they're colored like, uh, like crows or something. Yeah, like lightish gray, and and I love the sort of just the way the sky is. Like, it's just kind of a cloudy, kind of muggy day, and this is beautifully painted, right? It's just you can tell the the swashes of it and the kind of smearing of the paint, right? It just has a very painted feel. Yeah, you know, it almost reminds me of the um, the like the like pastel. Uh, gosh, I was never a great artist, so. I, I don't want to call them crayons, but they're like uh, like little pastel coloring. Sure. Maybe charcoal-ish type, type of look to it. But yeah, man, it just is done so well. The shading and the, the coloring, wow. 
You're right, it has like an organic, kind of earthy, kind of real color feel to it, whether it's digital or not, uh, Mr. Uh, Julian Tatino. Um, it, it looks wonderful, and I love the radar, you know, his radar sense circle expanding behind him. It's just yeah. iconic. That is Daredevil. It's very poster-worthy. Even New York, if you look at how he changes it up a little bit, he's got a lot of sort of straight, heavy lines that are on, on the city of New York behind him, on definitely Hell's Kitchen. you got to have a water tower, right? It's like, I think that's like a contracted thing. You have to have a water tower and a Daredevil right. <laughs> cover. <laughs> um, but then he, like, swashes, or, like, pen marks, almost looks like a red ballpoint pen in some of the sort of shading of the city behind him. Did you dig that? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, the background and its detail are kind of what um, swayed me to pick this as number one, to be honest. Yeah, it just fits and flows so very beautifully. Um, that is why, Mr. Julian Tatino Tedesco of Daredevil issue number one, you are our cover artist winner of the week. Go look at Daredevil issue number one, guys. It's it's wonderful, glorious. And now on to the artist winner of the week. And it goes to... Marco Cecchetto. <laughs> Maybe he's Italian? I don't, that sounds kind of Italian. I don't know. <laughs> what do you say? Is he Italian or something else? Possibly. At this point, might as well. I mean, yeah, there's a good chance. But Marco Cecchetto also did the art for Daredevil issue number one. By the way, legacy numbering 613, which I respect that. Thank you for putting that legacy numbering. Uh, so follow him at M-C-H-E-C-C-1-8. That's, uh, he's on everything with that. And man, what can we say about these uh, lovely interiors to Daredevil issue number one? You go first, Ian. Man, I think first first thing for me right off the bat is the uh, character design because you go right to the first page and there's this like beautiful woman who's just completely well designed. They're at a uh, she's at a bar, just kind of hanging out, and it's like the like the first thing that you see is just her uh, with her back turned, and then her to the side and then a couple of shots to the front and it's like yeah her character profile is just amazing yeah it's like that that opening sequence grabbed me right from the get-go because it's like there's a drone in the room right with a high-def camera you see like kind of every angle of the room it's a it's a six panel opening page and it's like this floating camera right it goes from behind her to the side of her to her back profile to on the other side of her where where matt murdoch's sitting to floating to being right in front of her and then a zoom in on his hands as he's getting a drink poured like it's it's just this active camera moment right yeah and it really gives you a good feel for um the art capabilities you know Oh yeah, yeah. It lets he's he's definitely flexing all of his art muscles, and yeah. I love right in the almost dead center where the staple is. Right, is that splash page of just Daredevil doing his thing. Oh hey, there's a water tower right there. Um, <laughs> 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 I'm picking up that that nod, but it, it he's just like upside down, and his uh, his 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 screamo sticks, numchuck numchucky sticks with the long white wire is just flowing through the air as he's in like an impossible position as he's like flipping upside down with uh, his i love the sort of three-dimensional effect of the nunchuck red right in the sort of center piece going towards you like it's just glorious right and it's it's daredevil in all his glory yeah definitely and i think um the colorist uh uh sunny is gyo g-h-o sunny. yeah sounds right Gil? Yeah, um, uh-huh. <laughs> Gil? Yeah, I think. Uh, sorry, we always butcher names, but my bad. <laughs> right, it's our thing. Up. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think the red, the red just pops, man. What an uh, outstanding colors job there. Yeah, he paid a lot of attention to light, right? Even in that, going back that splash page, you see uh, the white touch his shoulder and, and that whole left side of his body. And it's just, right, the attention and the respect to the light source is uh, yeah. captured throughout, right? Exactly. The shadows underneath his legs and just, yeah. yeah. yeah we see it a lot in comics where everything's perfectly lit up and, and we understand that. But when they when they take that little extra nod to kind of paying respect to where the light is coming from, right? And it hits that, like, the perfect part of their body as where the light's coming from. It just It just adds a real effect and it adds immersion to it, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I, the action sequences in this, the the panels, he had some just unique panel design. It's almost Batman 66 where a lot of it's kind of slanted and turned. I just, uh, I loved every second of it. I didn't want this to end just to look at all of his beautiful art. There's a fight sequence. I think Marco Cicchetto 
is one of the tops in the biz for how the fight sequence goes from the punching aspect. You see, like, after that middle section, that fight he gets in with the three guys. Yeah. And it's, yeah, and that's a couple of pages long, too, like three, four pages or something. Almost no dialogue. And again, that active, uh, that drone flying throughout when all these different camera angles, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's uh, uh, a quick little splattering of the radar vision in one of the panels. Oh, yeah. I'm looking right at it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, isn't that awesome? And it's yeah, the way the lines are lit up uh, almost neon white with the, just the sort of crimson red behind it. It's yeah, it's glorious. Yeah. yeah. I, and there's just no words on it. It's just, feel, you know, yeah. 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 It's it's a it's it's beautiful. You guys, you should definitely look at Daredevil. We can just go on about it all day. But it, it's go and check out Marvel's Daredevil issue number one, Legacy 613 uh, with our artist winner of the week, Mr. Marco Cecchetto. Just thank you so much, Marco. Your art is just truly inspiring, and we absolutely love it. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Love it, love it. And the breakdown. Uh, this week, I actually had on my poll list 14 comic books. What did you have? Yeah, I had like 19 this week. Now you beat me again. I think you're in the lead. <laughs> and uh, only three of all the comic books that we read made it to the Great Ones recommendation list. That's right. It's not easy. To make the Sunspots Comics recommendation list. And uh, new number ones, by the way. I actually read uh, 5.5 new number ones this week. Because Daredevil is only a half a accounting since it's uh, just a new team and a new arc. Uh, how many new number ones did you have in your pull list this week? Oh, man. You cleaned up on that aspect. I only had one number one. Nice. All right. Then I think we're back up to being almost tied. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm bad at math. Don't quote me on that. But um, <laughs> uh, only... Two and a half of them, <laughs> hint, hint, nudge, nudge, uh, made it to the top pick list because they got to be great or they just do not make our list at all. And uh, make sure you get those new number ones, by the way, that we're about to discuss so you can just be in on all the fun from the very beginning. You'll thank us later. So here we go. These are our top comic book recommendations. This is our list of what we consider to be the best of the new comic books that just came out this last Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, February 6th. We strongly recommend you go and buy these at your local comic book shop today. Please support your LCBS. Who do you go to out there in the Walla Walla, Washington area? (laughs) I am uh, in Tacoma, but... (laughs) Is there a Walla Walla Washington? Is that a real place, by the way? Yeah. yeah. There is? <laughs> yes. All right, cool. I just remember from yeah, the Bugs Bunny cartoons. The Bugs Bunny no, cartoons. Yeah, that's a real place, 100%. Nice. They have the best onions ever. Onions? Yeah, Walla Walla sweet onions. Huh. You could just go buy a bag of raw onions there? and. Uh, Well, around here you can. I don't know if they ship them out, but yeah, huh. they're good, man. You can almost eat them whole like an apple. Good thing to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways, back to the topic at hand. I go to uh, my boys over at Stargazers. They are the best. Uh, Damien and Jeremy, they uh, help you as much as they can. They stop. They listen to you. They give you recommendations, uh, great recommendations. They're just all-around good guys, and they want you to read comics, and they want to sell you some comics, so go buy from them. Very cool. Yeah, they're not just gazing at stars over there. They're, they're gazing at comics and giving you some great recommendations, right? Yeah, definitely. Cool. Check out Stargazers if you're in the Washington area, and then go over to Walla Walla, pick up some onions. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I support uh, Comic Madness there in Ontario, California. Hello, Lee and Manager Jeremy. And by the way, Jeremy, the manager of Comic Madness, go in and say hello if you're ever in that area. He's actually working on a variant cover of the comic book that I created called Zombie Destroyers for the first issue. Uh, He's working on it as we speak. So I've seen uh, some of it. It's kind of like this giant zombie head with its mouth open, almost like Pink Floyd the Wall sort of look, that album cover. But then just a bunch of zombies all on the inside of the mouth. So that's just a little teaser of it. But Thank you, Jeremy, for working on Zombie Destroyers issue number one variant cover. I can't wait to see it all done. Please follow him. He's a fantastic artist on everything and on his Instagram, at SkeletonKing82. And uh, please go check out both Stargazers and Comic Madness if you're in those areas and support your local comic book shops today. It really means a lot to them, and they seriously need the help, right? Yeah, man. They, uh, they're a dying breed, unfortunately, and we gotta keep them. we got to keep them breathing, so... Keep them breathing. life into those LCSs. Yes, help them out. So now, there were three great comic books that we recommend this week. So here we go now. Coming in at number three 
is Gunhawks, issue number one. I just love the name of that. It's from Marvel Comics, and it's written by... I wonder if these if they're married or brother and sister. It's David and Maria Lapham. I remember them from that uh, that very kind of that... that what is the name of that title that they work on? It's uh, it'll come to me in a second, but um, it's a it's a very kind of harsh kind of like gun related black and white comic. It'll it'll pop into my head. Stray bullets, something maybe that's the name of it. Hmm, possibly. Anyway, David and Maria Lafham, great writers. I read that for a long time. I do believe it's called Stray Bullets, and uh, art by Luca Pizzari. Italian? Are we is this the whole Italian theme thing going on? Oh man, that would not surprise me. <laughs> here at Marvel, so you know, yeah. um, you never know. But hey, folks, it's a number one, so I definitely, we definitely recommend jumping in. But this is a one shot. I don't think they're going to continue this one on. But Marvel is celebrating their 80th anniversary, so they've decided to kind of dig deep into the archive and release this fantastic Western one shot. I mean, look at the cover of this. What did you think of this? Uh, this this fantastic cover. Okay, you know, I was. I think cover art for me was the hardest pick this week because yeah? all three of these have fantastic covers. You're right. Uh, it, it, this has the gun hands and, and pistols silhouetted, and then you have uh, the you have the guy Dean, Dean the Dead Man Donnelly, centerpieced with bullet holes all over him, and it's just uh, beautiful. And it's all in these shades of brown and earthy dark red, right, and, and fiery orange and yellow. Yeah, yeah, I like the uh, fiery look in the background there behind him like he's definitely struggling just got out of a big old fight like uh you know okay corral style and everything's on fire yeah it's awesome yeah it's just so fantastic and uh and it's it's right from the get-go this immediately grabbed me with some lovely lovely interior art and uh, quick gist by the way really fast there's a nice little paragraph that sets the stage by the way which i in my mind i'm reading it in western you know in, in western tone here i'll give you one line i was like the law don't mean much around here. Out in the sun-baked wilds of the West, there's a natural law. The law of the rattlesnake. The law of the wolf. The vulture. <laughs> End scene. <laughs> <laughs> but I've read the whole thing in that in my head. And, uh, and then, right from the get-go, quick gist, like I said, it's... And help me if, with this, Ian, if, you, if, you, if I'm missing something. But to give a quick elevator pitch on it of Gunhawks issue number one... There's this uh, Mexican posse that's kind of out to hunt down Dean, the dead man, Donnelly. And that's 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 kind of the, the gist, right? A complicated sort of tale of revenge. Yeah, yeah. But of course, true to the Western style, he's trying to, uh, you know, forget his past and make a, make a new life for himself. Yes, well said. You're exactly right. He's trying, the demons of his past, he's hoping that he's put them right. at bay, but he clearly hasn't here, right? Yep. Yep, exactly. And did you love? I loved it. Did you love the design of the Mexican posse, which is mainly mainly like run by women, and they were dressed in kind of that Day of the Dead garb? Yeah, I always I'm kind of a sucker for that after uh, reading so much of um, Deadly Class. Yes, uh, the way that it reminds me of Maria. <laughs> right, and they had the huge sombreros with like the the sort of fuzzy fuzzy balls at the end of the sombrero sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Is that like a real thing or is that just like a, you know, commercialized type thing? Uh, That's a good question. Like an Americanized sort of thing of a sombrero. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, you know, probably not. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, something good we have question. to look up. Yeah. Yeah. Makes you think, right? Right. But it's got all that and they have that, you know, the, the Day of the Dead sort of paint on, on, the, on their faces and... You just get an amazing sort of action-packed, you know, gun-slinging sequence right from the get-go, right? Oh, yeah, it uh, kind of jumps off right off the bat. Yeah, Good and stuff. that's what hooks you immediately. You're like, oh, man, this is so much fun. And you can hear the whistle, right? You can just, you almost hear the... <whistles> right there happening at that moment. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's all what was playing in my head. <laughs> And uh, it's really, like, refreshing and just a ton of fun to read a one-shot a lot of the time. Maybe not all the time. But now and then, there's just something just very nice and fresh about packing an entire story into 22 pages and you're done, right? Yeah, definitely. And I I like a lot of the um, homage to the old Western style with the the, uh, uh, close-up of the eyes, you know? Oh, yeah. They do it, like, two, three times right in the very beginning, and it just yeah, it has a really great Western feel to it. The very Eastwood close-up almost, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the, the smirk or the, the eyebrow twitch, you know? 
Oh, yeah. And the action in this was great. Again, almost uh, as in Daredevil, that rotating, you know, rotating drone with a camera on it that kind of captures what's happening from multiple angles, right? It happened in that opening sequence. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much all the way through this comic, it's just uh, almost all action. I mean, pretty close anyway. Yeah, and what an ending. What a fantastic ending. We're not going to spoil it, of course, but man, I loved it. Yeah, and like you said, it... uh... It really solidifies the fact that it's just a one-shot, all-contained story. It's satisfying from beginning to end, and, and it has a an actual end. There's no, uh, you know, there's no mistake in it. You know what I mean? It's not, yep. uh, it doesn't It doesn't keep you wondering. Hard end. And I love the sequence uh, of the flashback that really sets up uh, the character, Dean, and tells you about his sort of past that he's trying to put at bay. And you see the... Uh, you see the posse and the women with the Day of the Dead paint, you know, galloping through a town as it's set ablaze. And it's done in this, like, sepia tone, best way to write, with that kind of coloring. Yeah. Did you yeah. dig that? I, I Yeah, I dig the whole, uh, the whole uh, town and uh, character design. It all definitely has that Western feel. And <clears throat> I've never been to Arizona, but it kind of has uh, the look that I expect from all the Western movies I've ever watched. Yeah, it does feel authentic, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, has that authentic feel to it, right? And it doesn't pull any punches. It's uh, most definitely uh, has some uh, some some maybe on the edge of our gore in it, right? An action uh, right there at PG thirteen ish, like we were talking about before, R minus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stuff that goes on. But man, uh, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I dug the ending. And uh, there's a super nice article, by the way, at the very end. It dives into Marvel's history with Westerns. Don't skip it. I I, I tend to want to because there's a paragraph of reading. But check that out. Don't skip it. If you if 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 you want a kind of little taste of Marvel's history with Westerns, it's in the back. So check that out. But if you love Westerns or you like Westerns, you're just going to love this very gritty, very brutal uh, one-shot Western comic. And it just delivers. And that's Gunhawks, right? Good stuff? Yeah, good stuff. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs, three thumbs up. <laughs> and uh, coming in at number two is Girl in the Bay, issue number one. And this is from Dark Horse Comics in sort of a partnership uh, at the bottom noted called Burger Books. And I do believe that's going to kind of be an imprint with Dark Horse Comics, so I'm looking forward to that. Written by J.M. DeMatteis and artist Corin Howell. And got to point out colorist because it's just uh, so bright and neon is uh, James Devlin on colors. But man, uh, I absolutely loved knowing nothing about this comic book at all. Did you know anything going in to reading Girl in the Bay? Nope, I had I had no expectations. I just figured there's going to be a girl and a bay involved. <laughs> and that's about all we're going to say in this review because we really want you to, to just read it and be completely surprised. So we're going to be a little extra cryptic on this one. And I enjoyed not knowing anything about this. And <laughs> it, sometimes when I'm having like a regular or small-sized pull list, I'll give something a shot. Just randomly give something a shot. And this, even this cover wasn't particularly striking to me. Would you agree or disagree? Um, I'm kind of on. I'm kind of more on the camp of. Uh, yeah, I think it was visually striking. You think so? Okay, I was yeah. on the verge there. Some of the, you know, it didn't blow my mind. You know, I, yeah, of... I wouldn't say it blew my mind, but okay. it definitely was like it, it caught my eye. Yep, and, and maybe because it's got a you know that little bit of Aquaman feel to it, right? It's just yeah, like it might have drawn a little bit on my love for James Wan there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're still, we're on the Kool-Aid. We're on the James Wan Kool-Aid, so it happened. Or it also yeah. looks like a Fathom or an Aspen book, right? That's what I thought right off the bat uh, when I first saw it was, yeah, that looks very Aspen-y. Except for she's kind of more clothed than yes. a lot of Aspen stuff. Good note. I, I think I, init- I realized that immediately when I was like, well, she's not wearing a bikini, so it can't be Fathom or Aspen. Right. And water's not covering up her, you know, her private bits. Right. Um, so, <laughs> but it look, kind of looked like, and, and I gravitate to the color blue. So there's a whole lot of blue here. And so, yeah, and I think that's another thing is the color, the um, the color of the flowers and the color of the water and then the sky. It all just really melds really perfect. And 
Yeah, I, yeah. I, I definitely liked it. It's a good, you know, glowingly colored palette and on the cover. But I don't know. It's just the the style of like I said, I was all those things are rolling through my mind. So, but I'm glad I just jumped in there and gave it a shot because when I started reading this, I was immediately wowed. Were you? Yeah, yeah. I would say wowed is a good uh, it's a good way to describe it. Yes, and like I said, we're going to be a little extra cryptic, but. I even love the way they perfectly captured the visual feel of the 70s, right? Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> the uh, the kind of uh, mindset of the 70s, too. Yes, not just visually, you're right, but yeah. the characterization of a person that was in, living in the 70s. And and yes, there there might even be an, an acid flashback or two. <laughs> More than one, I think. I have I think. a theory about that, but... But we're, yeah, we won't, yeah, we won't spoil it. But um, yeah. the art style reminds me just a, a little bit of Gabriel Rodriguez from the amazing series called Lock and Key, written by Joe Hill. Have you read some of that? Yeah, yeah, I've been reading his, uh, uh, oh, now I, now I can't remember, the Cape? Sword, Sword of Ages. Oh, yeah, very nice. Yeah, I've been reading that, too. Written and done by Gabriel. And he has that clean line look, and so does uh, the artist here, Corin Howell. They definitely, for a couple of panels, was like, I mean, I give it as a compliment. I was like, yeah, I, was, I love that kind of, that sort of very clean, very cartoony style, you know, just realistic, but a smidge of cartoon style, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think for me, uh, this kind of art style is almost always on point for me. I always am like, okay, this is, to me, this is what I think comic book stuff should look like. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I know we're being very cryptic. We'll give you the slightest of gists to kind of get the juices flowing here. It's about a young woman in the 70s, um, and something just completely fantastical happens to her. That's that's all we want to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just want completely you to experience crazy. it with complete freshness. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely crazy, and it's uh, 100% worth a read. Yes, it's an interesting story. It's got surprising twists in it I did not see coming. And uh, it's better you go in with just zero expectations because uh, I think you'll really, really enjoy the heck out of this, out of Girl in the Bay, issue number one. Man, great stuff, yeah, right? And, yeah, and I think it's only, um, it's like a three or four issue series. Yes, four, so it says on the cover. In, oh, yeah. So if you get in on, you know, number one, uh, I'll almost guarantee that you'll pick up all, all four of them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So get it, folks. That's the number one. Jump in there right now. As the fun is just getting started. But here we go now. On to the number one top comic book pick of the week. It's the Jedi Master, the King, the Supreme Leader. The number one comic book pick of the week is... Daredevil. Issue number one. Legacy 613. Uh, The Director's Cut, by the way. There is a standard in the Director's. I definitely recommend the Director's. And this is uh, from our cover artist winner... Three names in his name, which uh, I've already escaped me, uh, but it'll come up back up here in a second. <laughs> what was the guy's name again? The cover artist? Uh, oh, Julian Tatino Tedesco. Yes. And, uh, and he's our cover artist winner. I would and have butchered a- that anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and our artist winner of the week, Marco Cicchetto. Uh So it's a triple threat here, folks. A triple winner. It's the number one comic, and it's the cover art winner and artist winner of the week. It's the triple crown. Right, <laughs> the sea biscuit of comics. Yes, the sea. Well said, the sea biscuit of comics this week. Anyway, <laughs> um, so there was a short break from Daredevil. They they kind of reset. They took a minute because uh, it started. It stopped uh, maybe a couple months. It's been gone uh, with a fantastic run from Dan Slott uh, with the final arts being done by Phil Noto. And so they took a little break to refresh and kind of start a whole new team here. And I love it. I love this new team. I love the, the whole new look. And even from the, what did you think of the character design of Matt Murdock? It's definitely a, a, a change. It's, he looks unlike how we've ever seen him. What did you think of, the, of Mr. Marco Cicchetto's character design of Matt Murdock? I think it looks great. It kind of reminds me of, uh, it kind of reminds me of the old school look, like back uh, during the Born Again days but like refreshed you know does that make sense yeah yeah he's more yeah yeah, it's like chiseled but sort of classic looking right in the jawline and everything yeah yeah and uh even back when he was a kid the flashbacks of of his child look uh yeah the whole thing just beautiful art i think this is probably the best art of the week yeah it didn't look like a i mean it didn't feel like a marvel comic right from the from the get-go not not really a bad thing but you know what i mean it just it just uh, didn't, like I was reading an image book at first, almost, right? 
Yeah, a little bit. Um, until you know, of course, the grand uh, the grand reentry of, yes. of Daredevil, the grand splash page. But the like the conversation yeah. with him in a bar, uh, talking to that young woman, right? You just like okay, maybe it didn't feel like right off the bat, like hey, this is a a very typical Marvel superhero comic. It just right from the get go is like this is a little something different. Yeah, and I think that's really good. I think that's a good approach for Chip uh, Zdarsky to take because. Uh, it gets him back. It, it puts him back at ground level, you know, because he's reintroducing us to him as Matt, not as Daredevil. Yes. Because his whole life was turned upside down, and now he's coming back, right? So you gotta kind of start from the beginning, right? So it's really not a bad. Uh, it's not a pe- bad position for Chip to put to uh, put him in, you know, kind of yeah. coming up from the bottom. Yeah, they handed him like a decent, uh, clean-ish uh, kind of slate to work with, right? They've uh, you know, quick gist, you've, you've still got the Kingpin as the mayor of New York, and uh, Daredevil is, re- is recovering from his surgeries. He saved this guy from being hit by a truck in the last sort of arc, uh, which is which is interesting, kind of a reflection of the very first issue of Daredevil, right, in his origin. He saves a guy from getting run over by a truck again, and uh, yeah, I, um, I feel like I it's... Did, I actually just now thought of that. Um, yeah. Or now that you said that, I thought of that, and yeah, that's... Uh, Brilliant writing on Charles Soule's part there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, sorry, thank you. I said Dan Slott, it was Charles Soule. Um, and so I, I like that reflection of, you know, that was the last arc he finished, uh, you know, he saved a guy from getting hit by a truck, but it, he was seriously uh, injured by it and he had surgery, so he's still kind of recovering. And I feel like it's, you know, come full circle. It's a fresh start to jump in right here, folks. Jump in definitely right here with Daredevil. Um, it, it's by the way been a multiple number one Sunspots Comics pick of the week and multiple art and cover artist winner of the week uh, that is Daredevil for a while so it's definitely been one of my favorite Marvel comic books for a very long time and I even love the uh, the echoes of the Netflix series did you catch some of those little easter eggs yeah a little bit and actually now that I'm thinking about it I think maybe a little bit of the character design kind of uh, kind of falls along the Netflix line not not that it looks like Charlie Cox at all or anything but the the feel to it you know kind of has the same feel yeah I think it's from the maybe the color palette would I would say is very maybe, similar yeah like the uh, the color palette the um, of just kind of the uh, I don't know how to explain it just the, the feel of Matt in general yeah, well, so I mean, even uh, going to the like the priest, the design, like you were talking about, right? The priest yeah, kind of exactly. looks like that old guy in Netflix. I I caught that as an Easter egg. It felt very much the same. Yeah, exactly, and that's kind of that's exactly it. I mean, they made they made Matt Murdock uh, in the comics his own, you know, person, but he still has that feel, kind of like it came out of the out of the miniseries. Oh yeah. Oh, in the black suit, right? There's a, a panel where he's just yes. sitting there in the yes. black suit. Yes, that too. Yeah, that felt that was a direct like, hey, go look at the Netflix show, folks. Here's the black suit, right? It kind of yeah. it jumps right out at you there, and a few other little nuggets that I thought were nice. And I love, love, love the exchange uh, with the woman that he meets in the bar at the very beginning. It, it, it um, you know, the, it's important that from the get go that a comic that has a number one on it really capture you and really sort of captivate you and inspire you. I, I just got that from this conversation that he's having with a with a young woman. And she doesn't realize that he's blind at first, and and how that sort of very quick relationship uh, goes from its uh, its birth to sort of <laughs> where it ends. I just really enjoyed that sequence. Yeah, and I think uh, the beginning with her is what really caught my eye with the art, because uh, you open it up right off the bat, and there's there's her and him at the bar doing their thing, and it's like, oh wow, this is ridiculously beautiful looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, even the there's like these sequences where they have um, ceiling shots, right? Looking down on on Daredevil and his house. That almost like they must have sat down and said, "Well, this is the framework of the house. You're gonna have this room and that room, and there's all these ceiling shots, right?" Yeah, uh, I think it helps also to uh, kind of show off the room. <laughs> yeah, if that makes any sense, it gives mm-hmm. them a, gives them a chance to show off the surroundings. Yes, we can chew on the scenery, as they say, right? We, yeah, yeah. And for Daredevil, it's important because he has all the windows everywhere because he's, you know, he's blind. He doesn't need light to be, uh, you know, he doesn't need short or small windows or anything. He mm-hmm. can he can deal with as much light as possible. So. 
Yeah. Yeah, it uh, it kind of helps to illuminate his apartment. Yeah. And it it does feel like did you feel this like it feels like a reemergence of Daredevil in this. Like they they played with kind of I don't know, not the the way they set it up to where he just feels like he was like showcased all of a sudden. Like there he is when he when he was finally on the scene and you saw Daredevil. It felt like a payoff, right? It felt like a like a good moment we've been waiting for. Yeah, definitely. And it feel, I feel like that just all the way around, just a really well done soft reboot of Daredevil, of Matt Murdock, of the entire thing. And yeah, hats off to these guys. It's yeah. been a really, uh, really good creative move for them. Yes, I hope they keep the team together. This feels right, all aspects of it. So uh, I hope they all stay together. I know Chip is on for a while. I just hope we see, it looks like Marco Cicchetto's art takes forever to do. So... I hope. That's, uh, yeah, that's the one worry, isn't it? It's always uh, if the artist can keep up. I know that monthly deadline is kind of rough sometimes. Yeah, hopefully they saw this coming way in advance, and Marco's already done like twelve issues. I hope <laughs> so. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes with issue number two. But there was a phenomenal end to this. Uh, that's that's going to seriously complicate Daredevil's life from this point, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no spoilers. I think we're going to be back in the courtroom. I just feel it happening. It, it feels like it's kind of going in that direction. Seems like a Daredevil-ish besides the Water Towers, right? Seems like you see Daredevil and uh, Water Towers and Court now kind of all go together. Thanks to Charles Soule, I guess. <laughs> but I can't read to, to wait to just read more. Uh, this was a jam-packed issue. Get the director's cut. It's loaded with just... Extra great stuff. I mean, you get the entire Chip Zdarsky script, which is very cool to kind of see his style and how he lays out things uh, so visually. He pretty much is a visual storyteller, a very a very good one. Chip Zdarsky's been in comics forever. Um, but uh, it's just loaded and just really worth to see it. There's even the sort of character design pages, and there's the coloring process pages. It's just totally loaded and totally worth it to just see how the secret sausage is made, right? <laughs> Yeah, it kind of, uh, get, because you see a lot of different ways of doing it, especially at Marvel. There's a lot of, you know, remember the Marvel way and all that kind of stuff. And seeing the way that Chip does is, uh, it's always kind of nice to just get it. Like you say, it gives you a, a window into the creativity of it. Yes. And he's, Zadarski's very concise, right? Very clear. He's very short with his descriptions. And Marco yeah, just kind of. You you don't really need to be when you got the. I mean, you know, you're creating zombie destroyers, so you know sometimes you just say, "Hey, uh, this panel, go at it," and they yeah. know exactly what to do. So yeah, I like that. He 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 helped uh, me in my editing process a bit after reading that script. I was like, "Wow, I need to, you know, do a better job uh, for what I do to my artists for zombie destroyers." So yeah, it was inspiring and beautiful stuff. Thank you, the entire team. Uh, that's why Daredevil, issue number one, is our top comic, the triple threat, the sea biscuit of comics, as you said. <laughs> <laughs> the triple crown, the big winner, comic uh, art winner, uh, the cover artist winner, and number one pick of the week, Daredevil, issue number one. So there you go, folks. Those are our new comic book recommendations for new comic book day, February 6th. Let me lock the vault door. There you go. Please go to a local comic book shop and buy those recommendations immediately. If you have any questions, comments, or you want a personal comic book recommendation, email us directly. I'm at chris at sunspotscomics.com or Ian. I'm at ebombs, E-B-O-M-B-S, at gmail. Yeah, send us an email. And to see the Sunspots Comics universe encapsulated in one place with all of our favorite picks of the week since May of 2015, go to sunspotscomics.com. Click on the pull list, you'll see the just updated 90 comic book titles that I'm currently reading. What do you have in your pull list, roughly? Oh, man, I have more than that, but it's because I have not taken the time to take out, like, miniseries and stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm, like, 120 or something crazy. Man, you got to get in there and uh, clean that thing up. I bet you're more, I like, in the, in the 105 <laughs> neighborhood or something. Yeah. <laughs> And also click on Top Comic Books of the Week on sunspotscomics.com and you'll see all the past top comic book picks. They're all there, right at your fingertips. Uh, I update the site every single week. I'm very proud of it. Please go check out sunspotscomics.com. And hey, would you like some free comic books? Well, check this out. On the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 191, we give away Conan the Barbarian, issue number one. That was so good, right? Yeah, oh, I love it. Me too. 
And from time to time, just as a thank you to the listeners, we give away free Marvel digital comic book codes on Sunspots Comics Podcast. And there are still some unclaimed codes available. Yes, you can still get them. Just listen to past Sunspots Comics podcasts that are on the feed, grab the Marvel digital comic book code that I usually read towards the beginning of every podcast, then go to marvel.com slash redeem. Punch in that code and see if you won. It's that easy. So good luck. Go get them. And also thank you to our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. My buddy Julian hand makes these awesome augmented reality t-shirts based on cryptozoology. Just get the HP Reveal app and your smartphone, hold it in front of your t-shirt, and every cryptid zoo t-shirt will come to life. It's crazy. You gotta see it. Most importantly, go to cryptidzoo.com and use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS to get 25% off your order. So go to cryptidzoo.com. And please tune in next week for podcast issue, Sunspots Comics podcast issue number 196 of uh, where we'll be having, let's see, I'm, on my pull list, I've got 16 new comic books on my pull list for February 13th. What do you have? I have 20. Oh, man, you're beating me again. Uh, with three new number ones that I'm definitely going to check out. How many new number ones do you have on your pull list? Me too. I got three. Well, there you go. We're going to collectively read 48 comics. I just guessed that right off the bat. I don't think that's right. Um, <laughs> and don't forget, uh, after we read all 48 comics, uh, our pledge, our Sunspots Comics pledge, is we're going to read them all, and we're going to just tell you about the greatest new comic book so you can save some time and save some money. That's important, right? No, oh, absolutely. Who doesn't want to save money? Right. And please help us out by telling a nerdy loved one about the Sunspots Comics podcast. Please go and give us a five-star review. It really helps us with just a few positive words on the iTunes. If you do so, I'll actually give you a shout-out on a future podcast, and I'll even mail you, through the mail, a little comic book prize package as just a little small token of our appreciation. Yeah, and by the way, every link, uh, website, and everything that uh, we discuss, like everything, uh, they're uh, on the podcast notes, so you can go check that out too. Yes, and so thank you very much for listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. We sincerely appreciate it. Yeah, and we absolutely love you guys. Yes, thank you. And now, go and spend some quality time with the ones you love by reading comic books together. Be water, my friends. And don't forget... To be continued. To be continued. Can't stop me now! Comics Town